and hear from special guests talking about various topics on how to run a profitable business on Shopify. Learn how to survive in the fast-changing e-commerce world with your host, Klaus Lauter, and get e-commerce insights you can't Google. Welcome to the show. And we are live. Hello and good afternoon and welcome to another episode of the e-commerce coffee break. Today we want to talk about something that has to do with security and might be important for a lot of Shopify store owners. With me today is Kathleen Booth. She is Vice President of Marketing of Clean.io, a company that leads in digital engagement security. Kathleen has a, and her team help e-commerce business optimize their revenue and buyer experience by taking back control over third-party code on their websites. Prior to, clean, uh, to joining Clean.io, she spent 13 years in the digital marketing agency world and was named by top rank as one of the top 50 B2B marketing influencers of 2021. Kathleen is also a host of the long-running Inbound Success podcast. Hi, good afternoon. How are you doing? I'm great. Thanks, Klaus, for having me. You're welcome. Kathleen, give me a bit of a background, um, what you do in life and for business. <laughs> sure. I'll try to make it succinct. Um, as you said, I spent uh, many years as the owner of a digital marketing agency, which I loved. I loved getting to work with companies from all different industries, and I, I love helping marketers achieve their goals. I sold that agency in 2017, and since then, I've been working in-house as head of marketing for uh, a variety of different, um, mostly venture-backed technology companies. And right now, I'm at Clean.io, where uh, with for specifically for e-commerce, we help e-commerce uh, marketers and business owners take back control over what's happening on their websites, um, specifically as it relates to how coupon extensions like Honey and Capital One Shopping affect their business. Okay. Obviously, a lot of marketers on, on store owners are probably not aware of that there is a risk. They run their business on a platform like Shopify, and I think Shopify takes care about everything, specifically on the security side of this, and there are still risks. So what should people care about when it comes to cybersecurity? Yeah, I mean, cybersecurity is such a huge umbrella. And I've, I've spent some time working in the cyber industry, and you know, it encompasses everything from the actual protections you have on your website to, to prevent it from being hacked to something called social engineering, which has to do with how people can be manipulated to allow hackers in to, you know, actually the risks that come to your website with the people who are visiting it. And that's really what we're focused on. Um, and so this is something that I spent, I spent many years as the owner of an agency that designed websites, and I never really fully appreciated the the last thing I talked about, which is something called in cyber terms, it's called client side injections. And what that means, it's just a fancy term for code that you, the people visiting your website bring with them. And most of us don't think that website visitors bring code with them, but if you are a user of the internet, I'll give you a perfect example of how this manifests. I'm, I'm sitting here talking to you and I'm on my laptop and I'm looking at Chrome browser. And I have tons of browser extensions installed in Chrome. And, and I'm a marketer, and I'm sure many of your listeners are. Um, and you probably have some of the same extensions I do. Everything from the Moz toolbar to the awesome screenshot to a color picker, you name it. Like there's all these tools that we use when we visit websites. Another one's called Built With, which helps me understand like the code that a website is using. And all of these extensions, because they're chosen and installed by the user, 
they have an elevated level of permission within the browser to execute code on the websites that that user visits. And that's how they work, if you think about it. Like, think about Billith, which basically scrapes and scans a website's code to be able to tell us, oh, they're using Shopify or they're using Clavio. Um, you know, it knows this because it's, it's allowed to do that by Chrome. So many of the browser extensions that we use are benign. They're not dangerous. Um, but some of them are downright dangerous, meaning they were built by people with the express purpose of, of injecting malicious code onto a website. And then there's this middle ground, which is really what we're focused on, which is not malicious, but but code that has an impact on your brand, your user experience, or your revenue, and you should have control over it. And so I think we can all agree that if you have a website, you should be able to control what happens on that site. Just like if you had a brick and mortar store, you should be allowed to control who comes in the front door and what the experience is once they get inside the front door. So that's that's really what we help merchants with. And and until now, it's been very hard to control many browser extensions, particularly coupon extensions, as I mentioned, what we're focused on. But we're all about kind of like rebalancing the scales and giving e-commerce merchants back some control that they've previously been lacking so that they have options. Okay. Now, obviously, we're talking about e-commerce. We're talking about Shopify. And a big thing in Shopify, specifically coming now in Q4 with Black Friday, Cyber Monday, and all the holiday season, is discount codes. Yeah. And I think there's one thing that you're focusing on is specifically on coupon codes, on discounting, on a coupon strategy. How do you help there on that side? So this is a big thing that I think um, there's a lot of education really needed around it. Because I talked to lots and lots of e-commerce merchants, and many of them don't understand how coupon extensions work. They simply see them as a great tool to bring new customers to their site or to help with cart completion rates. And there, there I'm sure are aspects of that that are, that are true, but really the way they function is when, if I am using for, I'll just use Honey as my example. If I choose to use Honey and I install it in my browser, when I do that, I'm agreeing to Honey's terms of service. And hidden in there is a little thing that says, anytime I type a discount code in to a promo code box on any website, I'm giving Honey permission to scrape what I've typed in and then share it with everyone. And so as a merchant, what you have to understand is that you're, if you're using coupon and discount codes in your marketing strategy, like, like I said, I'm a marketer. I know a big part of what we're looking to get out of that is information around attribution, what channels are working and which ones are not, and which ones are worth investing more in. Well, what happens if you release these codes, let's say it's 10% off for anybody who subscribes to your newsletter, you're willing to give that discount because in exchange, you're getting a new newsletter subscriber. But if you give me that code and I enter it in a checkout and then Honey takes it and gives it to everyone, now, not only are you not getting that thing in return. You're not getting a new newsletter subscriber, but you also can't accurately measure the effectiveness of that campaign. And, and so that's just sort of one example, but it gives you a sense of, of the dangers of allowing coupon extensions to run unchecked on your site. And, and what happens once they scrape them is they then give people an option. If I'm visiting your site, I can either go to Honey, look at the list of codes and try them myself, or I can just hit a button in the extension and it will automatically inject those codes until it finds the best one. What I is important to understand is that it is not true 
that in most cases, coupon extensions help with card abandonment. And how I know this is for every merchant that we work with, we A-B test 50-50 what happens if we prevent coupon extensions from adding coupons on half of, the, of a merchant's traffic and then let them run on the other half. And what we've seen is that in 90% of cases, preventing coupon extensions from functioning actually improves card abandonment and conversion rates. Okay, that's an interesting fact. Um, obviously, uh, something that I have learned over the years, and I'm running a Shopify store myself for the last six years, is that at one point I saw the use of the discount codes going up yeah. in an increasing rate. And I said, what's happening here? So I did a bit of research and found a coupon search engine and had listed all the coupons. So lesson learned for myself. And that's something that I teach to my clients nowadays is, first of all, don't use static coupon codes. Make them expire after a certain time or best case scenario, use dynamic coupon codes that just expire after one use. So how can you prevent these like Honey or Capital One shopping um, from inserting the coupon into your store? Great question. And you're absolutely right. Where you can use a single use code or a limited use code, you should. Unfortunately, there are use cases like affiliate marketing or podcast advertising or display advertising where that doesn't work so well. So that's where we really come in. And as I mentioned, I described before how coupon extensions automatically inject codes. Uh, what our product does, Clean Cart, is you install it on your Shopify store and to the user, nothing changes. They see Honey pop up, they can accept it, and they it appears as though it's auto-injecting, but we prevent it from actually successfully applying coupons. The user can still manually type in any code they want and get a discount. I want to make sure I'm clear about that because we're not anti-coupon and we want merchants to be able to use them in their strategies. We simply prevent the auto-injection behavior. And what the user sees is Honey or Capital One Shopping's built-in default message that says, congratulations, you already have the best deal. Um, so it's we don't interrupt the user experience. We just prevent, what I like to say is we prevent the robots from adding coupons. <laughs> Okay, no, makes total sense. Now you said your A/B testing as a result brought out if the coupon or if they can't find anything better, they still convert. What do you think is the reason for that? Yeah, I think it really goes back to psychology. And the analogy I always like to use to explain this is is real estate. So my father was in real estate, and growing up, when I was in my early twenties and I went to shop for my first house, the one piece of advice he gave me is don't picture your furniture in it right? Because as soon as you picture your furniture in a house, you, your bargaining power is reduced because you, you've already almost mentally made the decision to buy that house. And so I think it's the same thing in e-commerce. Once somebody has put their items in the cart, they're invested. They, they have already pictured themselves owning these items, using them. And so making the decision to then abandon that cart is, is harder, I think. Um, you know, once they've, once they've done that. So I do think it is a psychology thing, um, you know, and, and it's hard to, to prove that. Uh, that's something that I think we're working on is digging more into why that's the case. I also do think though, that coupon extensions by and large, they're, they're a very interruptive user experience. And so because I test them all the time, I have both Honey and Capital One Shopping installed in my browser. And I think Coopert is another one I have installed. And they are constantly popping up and it's very distracting. And sometimes they cover parts of checkout. And so I do think to a certain degree, they can actually cause 
churn or bouncing because it's, it's disruptive and, um, and anything that disrupts the user experience is going to lead to uh, friction and churn. 100% agree. Um, obviously, uh, uh, every step of the customer journey should be very clear and focused on one call to action. And if you have pop-ups flying around and slide-ins and whatever, it just distracts. Absolutely right. So how do you think or what kind of tip would you give to use a um, coupon or discounting strategy for an online retailer to make the best out of it? Yeah, I think you mentioned one of the first things, which is uh, it all has to start with watching your data. And as marketers, I think that's something that we talk a lot about, but we're not always really good and consistent about. And so my number one piece of advice is pay attention to your coupon redemption uh, patterns. If you all of a sudden see a certain code spike in usage and you can't correlate that spike to something specific, whether that's a campaign you're running or a post one of your affiliates or influencers made, then you probably have this problem. You probably have had a coupon that has leaked to an extension. And you have a couple of options at that point. You can manual, you can write them a letter and try to get them to take it down. That's met with a mis mixed success. You can deprecate that code and replace it with a new one. That's frustrating, especially if you're working with affiliates or influencers, because then you have to reach out to them and ask them to replace it with a code. So there's all this friction involved. But I think, you know, watching your data so that you are aware that you have the problem if and when it happens And then having a single source of truth for all the codes that you're using. I have talked to lots of merchants who say they're generating codes in different platforms, like maybe in Shopify and Klaviyo in their SMS plugin. Have some sort of, even if it's just a Google sheet where you track all of them and their expiration dates and what they're being used for so that you know what your potential exposure is. And then, like you said, use limited use or single use codes whenever you can so that you really hedge the downside and you you reduce your exposure code leak yeah my best guess or what i usually try to advise people is not to use or overuse discount codes because it devalues your brand devalues yeah. the, the value of your products and and specifically um startups or um, new store owners they tend to throw around coupon codes a lot um, another tip maybe um, is that i always recommend to watch your screen recordings with lucky orange or hot jar um, if at the checkout page or at the card page people tend to leave the page and then nothing happens for a while and then they come back and usually that's a good sign that they are starting surfing around for coupon codes so um, i think overall it's, it's, a, it's a very good idea idea to have something to prevent this as much as possible. So how does your, if somebody wants to work with you, um, how does that work? How does that look like? Yeah, it's pretty simple. Um, uh, until now, we've had a Shopify plus uh, private app. Um, we are actually, I think it's this week or next week launching a public app. Um, we're also going to be able to make the product available beyond Shopify. And so I would say anyone listening, if you're interested in learning more, just head to our website, which is clean.io. And you can fill out a very short form and we can either get you set up with the app. We have a free trial for 14 days. Um, or we can let you know, you know, when we're going to be available on your platform. I, what I will say that's really great is during the free trial, we do a B test for everyone. And so we'll be able to tell you looking at 50% of your traffic, 
what happens to your conversion rates and your card abandonment when you block coupon extensions? Because we obviously don't want to hurt your business in doing this, but what we see on average is that merchants see a 4% or more increase in average order value and either um, no change or a slight improvement in cart uh, abandonment and conversion. Okay. No, it sounds absolutely great. I think that was a good summary and makes people aware of what kind of risk is actually out there. And I think a lot of people are just not aware of it overall. Um, for the end, any kind of tip or golden nuggets that you want to, to bring out to the world? In yeah, your I would say the one thing that I didn't talk a lot about, and I'll just kind of dangle it out there um, because it's a whole nother topic in and of itself is to really question attribution. If you're doing affiliate marketing and you're working with coupon extensions or they're active on your site, you have to keep in mind the difference between original source and last click attribution. Um, for example, I'll just give you an example. If you're using Facebook ads and I know people are having a hard time with Facebook ads these days, but let's say you're using them and you get a customer to your site through your Facebook ads. That's the original source for that session, that visit. If that person puts something in the cart and makes a purchase If a coupon extension pops up and they click the button to say apply codes, whether that extension successfully applies a code or not, it is going to claim last click attribution. Mm -hmm. And if you only go by your last click attribution data, you're going to think in this case that Honey drove that sale even if there's, they were not successful in applying a coupon, when in reality, it was your Facebook ad that brought someone to the site. And so I do think people need to take a closer look at attribution specifically as regards affiliate marketing, because it's, it's, it's very murky as it stands right now. And that's something that we're working to help solve in the future. But right now, I think just at the awareness level, it's important for people to take a closer look. No, absolutely great tip. I mean, specifically you, you said Facebook and I don't want to go deeper into Facebook. It's a complete <laughs> mess right now. Yeah. So and everyone is struggling with it. Oh. Um, yeah, I think we have some interesting times coming up. I mean, there will be more going into that direction. Um, so again, I think attribution model is, is very important. Obviously it's a bit of advanced and you need to dive really into the data. Um, that's not everyone's um, cup of tea, but um, it makes absolutely sense. Cool, Catherine. I think it was a very good summary of um, how to not use coupon codes and what to do to prevent misuse on that side. Thanks so much for your time. I really appreciate that. And um, hopefully I can um, use your app on my, on my own store soon. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for having me, Klaus. This was a lot of fun. Thanks. Bye-bye. Hey Klaus here, if you're a Shopify store owner and you're feeling stuck, overwhelmed and not sure what to do next to grow your business, you struggle to convert traffic into sales or turn website visitors into buyers and you want to like have direct access to a mentor who can assist you with your store strategy offer, marketing, sales and anything else you need, then I would like to invite you to apply for my Get Conversions program where I show you how to remove the guest work out of growing your Shopify business and create clarity to optimize your business for maximal growth and profit. It's a application-only program. To apply, go to my website klauslauter.com to learn more. And finally, please do not forget to subscribe, like, and comment. And I would be grateful if you would leave a quick, honest rating and review over at Apple iTunes. It's a huge help and allows me to reach more people with the podcast. Thanks in advance and until next time at the e-commerce coffee break.